Good evening and welcome to Dinner Time Discipleship. It's Mom. I'm Christine. And I've got my darling husband here, Neeraj. Hey, guys. I have my littlest girl, Leela. Hi. I have my teenage son, Noah. Hi. And I have my middle child. What's your name again? Oh, Eva. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's a joke because everybody always says the middle child is forgotten. So I was pretending I didn't know who you were. Okay. It's not funny when you have to explain it. Okay. So I think this is episode 15, if I'm not mistaken. And we're continuing in our series on James. Um, and so what we did, again, is we read through the book of James. And we took some notes, wrote down just some of our thoughts and impressions. And uh, we talked about some things that we wanted to talk about tonight. And we're not going to go through and read James together because it's, I mean, it's a fairly short chapter, but I don't want to spend too much time reading it. If you're interested, you can go back and read it yourself. Um, but one of the main themes I think that all of us wanted to talk about was this idea of favoritism. Um, and I can just read that little section right there. It says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Actually, let me back up. Uh, in verse... Mm. Actually, it's, it just picks up in verse one. Um, don't treat some people better than others. I'm, I'm reading from the ERV, the easy to read version, by the way. Leela specifically asked for something that was a little easier to understand. Um, but it says, you know, suppose somebody comes into your meeting and they're wearing nice clothes. They've got fancy jewelry. And, and you're like, oh, your majesty, come sit over here. But then a poor person comes in and they, you're like, eh. I guess just sit here by my feet or just go sit over there. That's an example of favoritism. But can you kids think of any other examples of favoritism that you've seen? Maybe somebody showing preference or treating somebody better, maybe because of their money or because of their age. You would say that because you're young. Do you think that older people should be more respected, though, Eva? Um, I guess, let me rephrase the question. Do you think that it's right to show favoritism to somebody because of their age? No. No? Why not? Because the Bible says no. Well, oh, you're talking about here in James? Yes, because the guy was like... Um, do not show favoritism over others. Okay. Did you have something to say, Leela? Well, I was thinking that... Uh, I forgot. It just flew away. Did you have anything you wanted to say, Noah? Do you think that people should be shown favoritism because of their age? Uh, no. No? So what if... You have, you know, a little old grandma and she's worked so hard her whole life making wonderful pies and loving on her kids and her grandkids. Do you think, you know, she's just, she's got arthritis and she's just really old. Um, do you think that she deserves to be treated with respect? Well, yes, because her life is hard. So that's, that's the least we can do. Okay. Yeah. She did have a hard life. Yes, Leva. Just because she has a hard life doesn't mean that she doesn't get respect. Or, yeah. Do you think that she should get respect just because she had a hard life? Mm, no. No? Okay. So I think that... Did you have anything to add, 
Dad? I think that we have to be a little careful here because yes, we absolutely should show respect for the elders, elderly or elders, people who are older than us, because they do have more life experience and more wisdom. And because of what they have, that is a very valuable thing. And we should be respectful of their wisdom well, and their experience. Well, uh, wisdom is not really, a, I don't think it would be a reason because there's some kids that are still, there could be some kids that are more wise than adult because there could be like a trashy adult with like a trashy house and never cleans up or anything. Uh, and there could also be a kid who like always cleans up and everything. So, okay. But that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with wisdom, but I think what you might be getting at is that there are, you know, that there are people who are children who have more wisdom than somebody who's, yeah, somebody who's much older. Yes, absolutely. But they also have experience. They may not have wisdom, but they have experience. Do you understand the difference? Yes. Okay. So I think I get what you're saying. Um, so I would say that being older, you are deserving of respect because of your life experience, because of your wisdom, because you've put in a lot of years of work into life. Um, and yeah, we should honor, the Bible does say honor your, your mother and father, right? And they're, they're older than you just naturally because they're your mother and father, Right. So we do need to honor people and respect people that are older than us. But the point he's making here in James is that we shouldn't honor people just because they have more money. Is that a good reason to honor somebody? No. Why not? Just because they have more money doesn't mean that they're like the best person ever. Okay. So having a lot of money doesn't make you a good person. Would you guys agree with that? There's a lot of people who are rich and not nice. Right. And that's exactly the point that James is making here. He's saying that, you know, you treat these rich people with so much favoritism, but they're the ones who are taking advantage of you and taking you to court and making life miserable for you. Why are you honoring them in a way that they don't deserve? But there are also some rich people who are nice. Of course. Yes. It's not, it's not quite as simple as saying rich people are evil. That's not how it works. There are some rich people who are wonderful people. There are some rich people who are not wonderful. It's not that they're rich. That's not the point, right? So yeah, just being rich is not a good enough reason to show favoritism to somebody. Well, um, well about this, uh, being rich isn't really the word I would say. I would say being greedy because God doesn't like say, oh, you have a lot of money, so I don't like you. Uh, it's, he, he cares more about greed. Like he, he like, he judges you more about greed than how much money you have. That just answered one of my questions. What was the question? Uh, I don't know if I asked it earlier, but um, I was wondering why God favored poor people over rich people. And it's not always... It's not all rich people that he doesn't like. It's the, the greedy ones. Yeah, I would agree that it's not it's not necessarily that he loves people because they're rich or poor. He loves people based on the fact that they belong to him. Yeah, it's like it's like there could be a poor person that's greedy and uh he could treat them like how he treats them like greedy rich people. Yeah, greed is a problem. It's greed is not just a rich person problem. You're right. Um and Eva, I think what you're touching on is the point that I wanted to make in verse five, where it says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, God chose the poor people in the world to be rich in faith. 
Let's think for a minute about what that means. God chose the poor people in the world to be rich in faith. Does it mean that rich people can't have faith? Not necessarily, but can you see why perhaps a rich person might have a harder time having faith than a poor person? Yes. Explain why, Leela. Well, because they could be really greedy and they have so much greed that they don't really... Do you know what I mean? Kind of. I'm not quite sure what it has to do with greed, but I think I might understand what you're getting at. Do you guys have anything you wanted to say? Nope. Okay. So a rich person, I think that a rich person has less faith or has harder time having faith because they have faith in their wealth. They're like, you know, I'm not worried if, um, you know, a hurricane comes and I'm out of power for a week. I'll just go buy a generator and everything will be fine. Or, you know, I'm not worried about getting sick. I'll just pay my medical bills and that'll be it. But when you're poor, you're saying, mm, I don't have the money for this, but I have faith in my God. My God will take care of me. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, it gives you license to make stupid decisions because you have faith. But if you have a lot of money, it's easy to put your faith in your money. That's what I mean. Like what you just said. That's You meant to say exactly what I just said? Well, not like exactly, but the same point. Okay. Very good, Leela. So when he says here, God chose the poor people in the world to be rich in faith. What do you think that means to this group of believers that James is writing this letter to? They're showing favoritism to the rich. And James is telling him, it's the people who are the poorest that have the most faith. What does that say about the values of the people in that church? What was more important to them, faith or money? Wait, what? What did you say? What did you say? You said money. You said money? I need to know what you said. I was saying, what does that verse tell you about what the people in that church valued? Did they value faith or did they value money? Well, they were showing favoritism to the rich. So I guess that they were probably poor. You're going to speak a lot louder. I guess they were probably poor. Well, the people in the church were probably poor, but they probably really, really valued money. Mm -hmm. Because James is telling him here, you know, the people that are poorest are the richest in faith. Why aren't you showing them respect? People with a lot of faith should be somebody who gets favoritism. Would you agree with that? Somebody who has a lot of faith should have favoritism or should be the recipient of favoritism? I don't agree with that. It says don't show anybody any favoritism. So it doesn't just go one. It's not a one-way street. Don't show any favoritism of any kind. Be equal. Treat everyone the same. And there's that verse that says, uh, it says in heaven there's no uh, male or female or uh, any of that, all that other stuff, I forgot, I forgot the rest. Or no Greek or Jew or something like that. Okay, so what you're saying is that the labels that we have on earth don't matter. Yes. So if we're rich on earth, it's not going to matter because we can't take those riches with us to heaven. And God's not going to be like, mm, you don't have enough money, can't let you in, sorry. That's not how it works, right? Do people want to be buried with their money so that like, they think that it'll help them in heaven? 
Yeah, I think so. I think some people believe that. That's why like the ancient Egyptians, um, you know, when people started discovering their tombs, they had tons of wealth in there and, and they would go and steal it. But the reason they put that in there was because they believed that there was an afterlife and they could take their riches with them. So, um, yeah, there are people that believe that you can take that with you. Um, God doesn't need money though, right? God doesn't value a person based on how much money he or she has. That, that That's not how God works. Jesus was one of the poorest people in the world at that time. He was incredibly poor. He didn't have a home. I thought he was a carpenter and he had a house. Carpenters probably didn't get paid that much. Carpenters probably didn't get paid that much. Um, I, I don't. I honestly don't know the answer to that. But um, he was he was poor during his ministry. I mean, he didn't have a home. He didn't have a place to go to. Like you know, he asked asked for his disciples to go find a place for him to do the Passover and. He was, he kind of wandered from place to place and, you know, he rested his head wherever he rested his head. You think about that, the king of the universe, the creator of the world. You guys have seen just some beautiful things in your lifetimes and it's not even that long. Um, and the creator of, of the most beautiful things that you guys have ever seen, like he's incredibly majestic and holy. And yet his son was born in a barn with nasty, dirty animals. There's probably like cow poo or donkey poo around him. Like that's not a great place to have a baby, but that's where the king of the universe was born. So I think it proves that God can do anything and he doesn't need your wealth to do it. In fact, if you have that wealth, it's going to get in the way more, more often than not of God doing what he needs to do in you. That's why he says God chose the poor people in the world to be rich in faith. Because faith, we're going to talk about that next, faith is most important. And do you guys remember some of the important points that he said about faith? Um, let me read it. Faith by itself is... Wait. Faith by itself is dead? Faith without action is dead. Yeah, faith without action is dead. Um, yes, Leela. Mine isn't really, I don't really think that it counts, but it says, you have faith, I have deeds. Right. So that was when James was saying that people will argue like, you know, oh, well, you've got your faith and that's what saves you. I have my, the, my works, the things that I do, and that's what saves me. Does James agree with that, that we get saved because of what we believe we have faith in, or are we saved because of what we do, or how does it work? Like, what's... What goes on there? Believe and repent. Yes, we have to believe. We have to repent. So believing takes faith. Repentance takes doing. So we have to have faith and deeds because you could say you have faith, but if you have faith, it's going to be visible. It's going to be evident. You're going to have proof of it that you have faith because you're going to do things that show that you have faith. And he gives the example of Abraham. Do you remember when we talked about the story of Abraham and how he trusted God when God told him to go sacrifice his son? Do you guys remember that? Yes. 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 Okay. And then, um, he, and then as soon as um, he was about to kill his son, God was like, wait. Yeah, the knife was like right next to him. The knife was like right in front of him. And then God says not to do it. And God was like, no, I changed my mind. Don't do it. 
Okay. So yes, that was a moment when God, or when Abraham had faith in God. Hey, now I got some bad news for you. You know what God told me to do last night? <laughs> oh no, poor Noah. Okay. God didn't tell dad to do anything. Noah, don't worry. So, um, the point is that faith has deeds. We talked before about Rahab. Leela, do you remember the story about Rahab? What happened with her? Um, I think they hid like three people like under her roof or something. She hid some spies. Yes. What were those spies trying to do? Do you remember? Uh, no. Does anybody remember? Eva? Bring down the walls of Jericho. Very good. <laughs> Everything is a VeggieTales story. Um, yeah, so they were trying to go in and, and, and invade Jericho. And um, she she took care of them and she hid them. And then the king of Jericho was looking for these spies. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Which is an interesting point because she kind of lied, didn't she? Lying is wrong, isn't it? So why is it okay that she lied here? But it's for God's cause. It's for a good reason. Yeah, she's protecting God's people. Because, yeah, wasn't she authorized by God? Well, there was no there was no actual authorization, right? Did God ever say, hey, Rahab, I want you to lie here? Did he tell the spies? Did God tell the spies to come? And Yes, he did. So Rahab is trying to help them do what God said. She is, yes, and she had to lie to do it. Now, there are very rare, very rare instances where it's okay to lie. And this one is probably one of them. She's doing it to save their lives. Um, because what they're about to do is evil. Okay. Not the spies. No, not the spies. The, the, the guys from Jer- the Jericho soldiers. The Jerichians. The Jerichians. <laughs> Y'all are making stuff up. Jerichoians. <laughs> Jerky, like jerkies. Okay. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So the point is that if you have faith, you are going to do things that are evident of that faith. So what that means is that if I have faith in God, if I believe that what God has said is true, I am going to act as if what God has said is true. So if I believe that God has said, um, let me think of an example. If I believe that God has said that um, Jesus is the son of God, then I'm going to believe the things that he said. I'm going to teach the things that he said to other people, namely you guys. I'm doing something right now. That's what I'm doing. Because I believe that Jesus is the son of God, I am doing something. I am teaching you. I have faith, so I'm doing. Can you guys think of anything any experiences that you've had where you believe something that God has said or done, and so you've done something as a result? Putting in offerings at the church? Giving offerings at church? Okay, because you believe in um, the mission or whatever the purpose is of sacrificial giving, because you believe in that, you are giving an offering. That's a good example. Does anybody have any other examples of something where you believe this about God and so you're going to do something as a result? What if you say, well, I believe in God, but I'm not going to do anything to show it. What is that? What does that mean? Faith without action is dead. 
Right. So it's like having a car and no gas. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Right? You could use it as a house. Okay, but that's not the point of a car. The point of a car is to go somewhere. And if you have a car but no gas, that's the same thing as having faith without any deeds. Now, does that mean that you have to do huge monumental things? Do you have to be like Solomon and build this extravagant temple for God because you believe in him? Is that what God expects of you? No. 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 But should we be doing something Yes. yes, something is better than doing nothing because nothing is like having an empty gas tank. But should we say that God's going to save us because of what we've done? Does God, are we saved? Do we get to go to heaven because, you know, I gave a whole bunch of money to the church or because I almost killed my son? Because, oh, <laughs> no. 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 Because it's it works the other way around too. Deeds without faith is useless. Yeah, deeds without faith is also useless. You have to have the faith and the deeds together. Very good point, Leva. Um so I guess that leads me to another question then. We talked about favoritism. We talked about faith and deeds. Um, so I have a question then. Should we treat Christians better than we treat people who are not Christians? That's favoritism. Well, let me look at verse 7. It says, The rich are the ones who insult the wonderful name of Christ, the name by which you are known. So if the rich people are insulting the name of Christ, then the Christians are not insulting the name of Christ. Shouldn't we treat them better? Hmm. This is still favoritism is a bad thing. Like, uh, like there's, there's no condition, like, there shouldn't be any condition on whether you do favoritism or not. Like, don't do it no matter what. Don't do it no matter what. Did you have something to add, Leela? I was wondering if we could do questions or like our notes. Do you have something you wanted to add? Well, uh, actually, not really. But uh, I like what you wrote right here. Can you read that out loud? The last one. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is loving your neighbor as yourself? What does that have to do with all of this? Should we? Does that answer the question about whether or not we should be treating Christians better than other people? Hmm. Hmm. I think that love your neighbor as yourself is a little bit different than what we're talking about right now. Because that's basically just saying, don't be selfish. So you're saying that the phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, means more don't be selfish and has less to do with showing favoritism? I mean, it it is showing favoritism with yourself and your neighbor. Okay. Um, I would say, did you have anything to add? You look like you've got something. No. Okay. So... I don't think that we should be treating Christians better than we treat anybody else. Because does God treat Christians better than he treats everybody else? No. No. In fact, I would say Christians probably have a more difficult time in some respects. It's because God said that, uh, he said that something about us having like a bad life. In this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Is that the one you're talking about? 
Yes, because um, it's still worth it because remember that uh, that thing that Dad showed us about how there's that long string where the the red part is the life on Earth and the white is the rest, and the the red part is like an inch long. The the white part goes around the whole world. Okay, so what does that have to do with Christians treating each other with favoritism or loving your neighbor as yourself? It doesn't. It's just something I, I thought I brought up because. Um, it's just something I thought I brought up. Okay. So, um, I think that loving your neighbor as yourself, I think you're onto something, Eva, that it, it is about not being selfish, but I think it also means that if you love this rich guy and you respect this rich guy, then you should show that same amount of preference toward the poor person because he's also your neighbor. Because it looks like, I think going back to what you said, Eva, it looks like selfishness when you show favoritism to somebody who has something to offer you. I've heard it said that you can tell the character of a man by how he treats somebody who has nothing to offer him. So like, so like if you had a book and there was nothing in it? Sort of. I'm, I'm thinking about just a person who has nothing, like a very poor person who has nothing to offer you. How do you treat that person? That tells you a lot about your character, your faith. Back to the book. It's like um, the poor person is the book and they have nothing to give you. But instead of like tossing them on the ground saying, this is boring, you like write them a story. Hmm. That's a very interesting analogy. Yeah, that might that might work. Okay. So we should be loving our neighbor as ourselves. We should not be showing favoritism to people who are rich. We should not, or, or, or that have anything to offer us. We shouldn't treat them really great. The only person who deserves that kind of treatment is God because a rich person, the reason he has his riches is because of God, not because he's an amazing person and just, you know, really intelligent, really clever. They have that because of God. There's tons of intelligent and clever and wise people that are not rich. God is the source of all of it, not that person. And when we show favoritism to people who have God's gifts, that doesn't mean that they're God's favorites. Just because it's something that you want. Do you remember the song, Marriage, from the from the 90s about mo money, mo problems? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> the point of the song is just that, that the wealthier you get, the more problems you have. It's not being rich is not everything. What's the point? Oh, like that guy from Lost. The guy from Lost. Harley? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I I don't know anything about Lost. Can you synopsize? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that relevant, but on TV show Lost, there's a which I'm a big fan of, and Noah and Eva have been watching. Uh, there's a character named Hugo Reyes, or Hurley, and he wins the lottery, but his life takes a nosedive when he wins the money. Just showing that, you know, money isn't everything, and um, it can be a curse sometimes. All right. Um, so... I think the main point here that we need to take away is that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. We need to understand that God loves every single one of us. 
whether we have a lot of money or a little bit. Having a lot of money does not mean that you are special to God or more special to God than anybody else is. You just have a different set of challenges in front of you. Somebody who is poor has another different set of challenges in front of them. It doesn't make them any more or less valuable as human beings or in God's eyes. Because again, we talked about, Noah, you brought up a good point there, that in heaven, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. And that's where we need to keep our minds and our hearts. It's not, I think kind of what you were saying, Noah, is that it doesn't really, the time that you're here on earth is so small compared to all of eternity. And you know, why, why would we spend so much time and energy focusing on something that we can't take with us that doesn't, it's not going to have any bearing on our spiritual well-being once we're in heaven. Does anybody have any other closing thoughts? Anything to add? No? Daddy, would you like to pray, please? Yeah. God, thank you for this opportunity to, to do our podcast again. Um, I know that we've been slacking a little bit as a family on discipleship time, on vacation. Um, but, you know, it, it, you are a priority. You're a priority to us, and you should be, you know, your work for your kingdom should be treated that way. And so help us as parents to be more disciplined with, with that and just keep it in our hearts and our minds to be more disciplined with our discipleship time with our kids. Um, and do the same for the children, please, to... to you know, prick their hearts and their minds so that they would be moved to to do discipleship time of their own, to disciple themselves, and to ask us um, for help and for and for just family Bible time whenever it whenever um, the Spirit moves them as well. And um, you know, this this podcast that we everything we talked about today um, may it reach ears and hearts that that would benefit from hearing you know, anything we talked about. Um, and uh, we just ask your blessings on our family and those in our in our friend circle right now or, or the people we know who are suffering today. You know who they are, Lord. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wait, I want to say bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>